We are back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis, and uh, let's go on over to our Hammerhead hotline right now. It's our good buddy Tom Dean Hart from GoldenBlack.com, standing by out there getting ready to talk to uh, Brahm and company as they uh, are going to go ahead and uh, get on the plane and head on out to the uh, state of Connecticut to take on the Yukon Huskies. Buddy, um, boy, I'll tell you what, this is a, this is a matchup <laughs> this week. I never, I don't think Brom has ever been favored by this many points uh, in his tenure year, has he? Where we're up like thirty-four points or something like that. I mean, this is uh, this is something very rare for Purdue. Yeah, not not favored by thirty plus points in games too often. I think the last time you have to go back to two thousand five, that was a home game against Akron. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. There's so much going on in Connecticut right now too with Randy Etzel. Of course, abruptly resigning on Monday. They're going to switch quarterbacks. The defensive coordinator's not running the team. I mean, you just don't know what to expect. I mean, maybe this will put a lot of fight into the Huskies. I think you have to have a little trepidation if you're Purdue. I mean, everybody thinks you're going to wipe them out, right? I mean, that comes with some pressure. You know, the expectations of not just winning, but winning big. But Purdue just has to get out of there at the W and injury-free they should be able to take care of business, but there is a little bit of intrigue just hanging over, sadly, just because of all that's gone on in Connecticut the last four or five days. Yeah, um, there, there's things that I like, and then there's things that I don't like with that, Tom. Some of the things I do like is uh, that viral video of that defensive coordinator trying to get everybody to get their hands up, and nobody seems to care for UConn. doesn't seem like he's got a whole <laughs> lot of sway there. But anytime you make an adjustment like this, uh, that that makes me a little bit nervous, too. And you're right, there's this expectation that they should win this by 30. So if they only go out there and win it by, like, 14 points or something, then all of a sudden people are going to go, well, that wasn't a good performance here, and now we're going to go limp into Notre Dame. I it just I, I feel like in a matchup like this, I want the W because you want to get to that 6 because you want to start getting bowl eligible, but at the same time, I can't be the only one that thinks this just has – there's very little upside outside of just collecting a W in this game. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, again, if you're Purdue, you've got to get the win. You can't worry about style points, not figure skating. You can't worry about the critics if for some reason this thing's closer than people expect. Again, just get the win, survive in advance. I think you know it's going to be a high-anticipated kind of a, a dead atmosphere out there. Uh, I can't imagine there's going to be more than 15,000, 20,000 fans in that game at the most. So Purdue may have to bring its own energy here, get itself hyped up. Uh, you have to be ready for a quick quick uh, flurry, I think, from, from UConn. I think Purdue's best hope is going to have to be to punch these guys in the nose, take any spirit they've got in them away from them right away. Uh, maybe if they get discouraged earlier, they'll, they'll, they'll just quit and fold on the Boilermakers. Yeah, you'd like to see that, but I, I don't know if it's just you spend enough time in the fan base, you wait for the other shoe to drop or, or what it is, but um, it's still... It stinks because it just it says trap game all over the place here because you got Notre Dame next week and everything too. But you know what? Maybe it's a new day. You got new coaches here, and uh, you hope that you're keeping them focused. Tom Deanhart from GoldenBlack.com is uh, on with us here. Uh, hey, how about a great uh, little award for Payne Durham here, uh, tight end of the week? I mean, I, I knew he was. I've been out to practice. I know he's a good target and everything, but boy, what he was able to put together last week was darn impressive. I mean, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, he sort of flashed his first two years. Um, didn't catch a lot of passes, but when he caught him, he seemingly always went for touchdowns. And I think a lot of people sort of had his name circled in red going into this year as maybe being a guy who was primed to take that proverbial next step. 
may become one of the better tight ends in the Big Ten. And, boy, he, he got off to a nice start Saturday night at Osage Stadium. Seven catches, two in for touchdowns, the fourth quarter scores. I mean, that's when players earn their money. That's when players earn their reputation. Reputations, again, are, are really forged in that fire in the fourth quarter. And Payne Durham stepped up big time. So, nice start for him to John Mackey Award Big Ten tight end of the week. Uh, just another weapon for this blue offense, Jared, that's going to welcome back T.J. Sheffield this week. Of course, he missed the last game, the opener, for undisclosed reasons. He was projected to be the starting slot receiver, the number one kickoff return man. Uh, he gets injected into that lineup. Boy, now you got Bell and Milton Wright and Brock Thompson. And, and of course, uh, we talked about the tight ends, Payne Durham. I mean, there's a lot of weapons there. Should I be satisfied with uh, Xander Horvath, 84 yards, uh, and uh, the touchdown? If that's going to be the extent of the rushing out of the squad, should that be? I mean, am, am I making a big deal about not getting over 100 yards rushing, or should, should I be making a bigger deal about having a higher rushing total? I think I, th- I think Horvath himself acquitted himself uh, admirably on Saturday night. I think he had, I think it was 81 yards. Um, average close to four yards of carry. Of course, took that direct snap from the Wildcat formation and ran it in from 11 yards out. So I think you would have liked to have seen a few more rushing yards overall. But, I, and, uh, and, but you know, by and large, if you go back and look at what they did in short yardage, they, they did okay. Um, and, again, I think you want to try to make some strides this week. You're playing what's perceived to be an inferior opponent. So you'd like to think maybe you could have your way with them up front push them around a little bit, maybe gain some confidence for your offensive line in that run game. Uh, I'd like to see Pru come out and just try to pound them and uh, wear them out. I, I got to think you could, you could take the spirit out of that defense trying to tackle Xander Horvath time and again. So uh, I suspect they'll try to work on that ground game this week, get it going. And Jerry, if they, if they get it humming Saturday, boy, that, that's just going to set up you know, UConn for play action passes, and then Jack Plummer could strike it rich, throwing to David Bell and Milton Wright and those guys. I tell you, I didn't think the I didn't think the offensive line was that bad last week. You know, I, we knew it was going to be an area of concern, especially with the depth and everything. Did they let a few through? Yeah, they did. You know, and that was to be expected. We were all prepared for that. But I thought as the game went on, they got a lot better as a uh, as a unit. Only give up the one sack there too. I don't think we're singing their praises enough from last week. Yeah, they did, they did pretty good. They only played six linemen and not a lot of depth there. They'd like to try to play a few more if they could. And you're right, they, they by and large protected Plummer pretty well. Didn't have a lot of negative plays. And you got to give Jack Plummer some credit, too. You know, he used his feet to extend some plays to buy time in the pocket. And, uh, again, that's something Jeff Brom wants him to do. So, you know, it took the offense a while to sort of get going there, Jerry, to be honest with you. They did not take advantage of some golden opportunities in the first few quarters. Heck, it was only 16-14 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Way too close for comfort, right? Yeah. And that's when Corey Trice, you know, and then Oregon State's got the ball down by two, and they go for it on fourth and one. Corey Trice breaks up that long pass. Drew gets the ball back, and, you know, the rest is history. They go on and score the two touchdowns to clinch the game. So that defense really carried the load, I think, for, for the majority of the game Saturday night. The offense, though, it did come alive when the chips were down in the fourth quarter and delivered those two touchdown passes to Payne Durham, which really was key. It was good to see Purdue respond to some adversity, keep fighting, get those touchdowns late. We're talking with Tom Deanhart here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline from GoldenBlack.com. Okay, we know the defense was good. A lot of guys that uh, been talking about, you know, George Carloftis was great, you know, Cam's great. 
So we get all those names, and we talk about how good Jack Plummer was, 29 of 41, a couple touchdowns. You know David Bell was going to be good with his 134 yards. I'll tell you the best guy on the field was, Tom. You ready for this? The best guy on the field last week? Who you got? Mitchell Finneran. That's my new dude. That's my new guy right there. (laughs) Very calm and collective, knocking down 48 yards. I mean, the ball sounds painful coming off his feet, how hard he he kicks it, even if it's a PAT. Um, I I thought special teams was pretty good overall. It's going to take me a little time to get, you know, Jack Ansel. I, I think he could do a little bit better on that Aussie punt style, but he'll get there. But, boy, I'll tell you what, I felt cool, calm, and collected anytime Finnering went out there to boot a field goal. Yeah, nice weapon to have. He looks like a keeper, no doubt. And that 48-yarder looked like it would have been good from over 50. Um, just nice to have a veteran back there to replace J.D. Dellinger. Uh, a guy like that can win a game for you, you know. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's been there and done that. I know he's at a smaller level, but he's a veteran, and that's exactly what Purdue needed to sort of calm those kicking waters. And, again, uh, I expect more from Mitchell Finneran as the season progresses. Yeah, Jack Ansel, you know, um, it may, you know, I, I think by and large he had a nice night. He could have had a little bit more distance on his punts, but that's not always the goal. You know, I thought he did a good job placing the ball. You know, he's, he's 23 years old. He's mature and he's older. And, Jared, I think it's important to him to do well, so I think he's going to keep working hard. And I think he's going to continue to, to improve this year. Remember, he's still relatively new to this. And uh, I think in the end, he's going to end up being a nice find for Purdue. And like you said, two overall special teams, you know, they played more starters on their coverage units and their return units. And I think um, I think we saw that reflect in, in how well the special teams played. So good first outing for Marty Biagi and the special teams. That was a unit that, that really has a lot to prove this year, and this is a good first step. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we can continue this trend because uh, I'm 100% on board for it because it's just been such a painful part watching Purdue uh, for the last couple of years. It's just a lot of disorganization and and uh, just not watching the lanes and everything, too. But it's nice to see more starters out there. It's nice to see a little bit of consistency uh, out of that spot. Tom Deanhart from uh, goldandblack.com. Tom, before we let you go, do you think they cover the 34 points this weekend? I know you're not a betting guy, but would you, if you were, would you would you take the 34 points, or do you think that uh, Purdue can beat them by 35? I'm picking them to cover, believe it or not. I'm picking them to cover. Maybe I'm uh, too optimistic here, but I think they want to send a statement. You know, I think UConn's in disarray. And kind of a little FYI, the biggest margin of victory in the Jeff Von Mary's won by 30 points twice. One was against one was over at Illinois, mm-hmm. 2018. It was 46 to seven, and then he won at Missouri, 35 to three in 2017. So he's won by 30 a couple times, and and uh, I again, um, I know it's a, it's hard to cover that many points, but I just thought I was going to go for it and say they're going to be able to do it. All right, guys, you heard Tom Dehart literally <laughs> sell everything you have, take out three or four mortgages. It's good. It's good to go. He's got you covered. <laughs> Tom Neenhart, goldenblack.com. Please don't do that. I was just joking. Uh, you can't take anything I say seriously. It's state law. Tom, buddy, always appreciate it, my friend. You are amazing. Uh, enjoy Saturday's game. And I'm sure we'll get back with you again next week, bud. All right? Be good, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care, Tom. All right, egg tight. We're going to come back. Brian Nay from the Central Catholic Knights, my guest next. We'll talk about uh, CC's win against uh, Northwestern last week and uh, how they're preparing for that uh, hurry-up offense against West Lafayette. That is coming up next. This is the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017